is the Go Blue Crew. Derek, I was at the IU Michigan game, and you know, just take how how stressed out you were on your couch, or your chair, wherever you watched the game, and magnify it times a hundred. I think because. I was surrounded by IU fans, and here come the Hoosiers storming back, you know, because Michigan can't put a team away, and I'm, I'm melting. It's kind of hot out. The right side of my neck is burned. It was just, it was one of those days, and I really thought Michigan was going to lose, so I just had to kick off the show with my, with my stress, getting that off my shoulders. Well, I mean, you were there with, what, 35 Indiana fans? Is that how many they, they have come out on a typical Saturday at noon? <laughs> it was actually it was hilarious because um, they came over the PA, I believe, in like the third quarter, and they announced a sellout crowd. And you look, and there's like, you know, the corners are empty. Um, there's pockets of empty seats everywhere. It wasn't like a small crowd. But it was laughable that they came over the PA and was like, tonight's sell or today's sellout crowd is whatever number. We're all laughing at it, of course. But yeah, <laughs> it was uh, nothing great. <laughs> I've seen worse at IU football games. Yeah, I mean, that definitely you could tell on TV that it wasn't a full house. But I think the IU fans were, were excited and loud. And I mean, I guess I would be too as a... IU fan, if you see if you see a team that hasn't beaten Michigan in uh, over 20 tries, uh, come back, send it to overtime, and obviously Michigan did enough to get the job done, which I think is probably the most positive takeaway from Saturday is they finished they finished off the Hoosiers when they needed to. Uh, yeah, they gave up points in the in the fourth quarter, uh, which they haven't done all year, uh, and but they they scored right away an offense that has a lot of question marks. They scored right away in overtime and then obviously leave it up to the championship caliber defense to to make four consecutive stops there at the end. So, I mean, that's a positive takeaway. There are a few others, uh, obviously a better looking team than we saw against Michigan State. But overall, outside of the stress and the fact that it would have been traumatizing to lose to Indiana, uh, I guess a good experience and always happy to see Michigan get a win. Yeah, no doubt. And actually... I, I drank a little bit, I'll, I'll confess, I drank a little bit before the game, and so that, that helped ease a little bit of the nerves, but, you know, the buzz is totally gone by, like, halftime, and, and you're just sitting by yourself, sober, having to take it all in, but I'm curious, do you, do you think that Michigan can win consistently with John O'Corn at quarterback? That's obviously a hot topic, I just wanted to get your take there. I think so. I do I do think that he needs to perform obviously much better than he did against Michigan State uh, and, then, and then obviously even better than he did against Indiana. Against Indiana, when you have Karan Higdon uh, bust off for 200 yards and three touchdowns, I guess you don't need John O'Korn to, to throw as much. Uh, the defense uh, is what mattered at the end there. Uh, they could have held Indiana from scoring at all to send it to overtime, but at least they held them when it mattered, uh, so the game could end uh, right there after the first overtime. But he's he's a guy who just he's plays away 
uh, from from making some really key plays during a game, and he's eliminating a few mistakes away, as we saw in the Michigan State game, from being a better quarterback. He doesn't need to be good. He doesn't need to be Heisman level. He doesn't need to be a surging Jake Rudock in 2015. He just simply needs to make better plays, and I think that he understands that. I think Jim Harbaugh understands that, and hopefully uh, with the type of character he has, we've talked a lot about his character, the energy, the kind of gamer mentality he has. Hopefully, uh, under the lights at Penn State, he shows us something uh, that will almost allow us to forgive him for his poor performances in the last two outings. Uh, Before I give my opinion, I I just want to clarify that this is different than asking if we think O'Corn should be replaced by Brandon Peters. Because on one hand, that's saying we know something that the coaching staff doesn't. We haven't seen Brandon Peters play in a college game, so I just feel like to say that Peters should jump O'Corn is ridiculous. It's it's a different question than asking simply, can Michigan win with John O'Corn at quarterback? So with that said, um, I I think I think it's there because Michigan doesn't need anything spectacular as, as you were talking about. They don't need some kind of Lamar Jackson or. Deshaun Watson to make huge plays and be really exciting. They just need somebody who's going to take care of the football, finish drives, take advantage of good field position, do the really simple stuff. And if Karan Higdon or any other running back uh, can keep running the ball like they did against Indiana, it's going to take a lot of pressure off his shoulders. And maybe we kind of saw that against Indiana where – after the game, he's, he's telling reporters that the passing game didn't really get going because the running game was working. And I don't know if I buy that that's the reason. Um, he completed 10 passes, and I went back and looked at the play-by-play, and I believe six of them were for five yards or less. That's just not going to win you very many games, and it almost cost them against an average IU team. So I think I think the stuff is there. Just got to... Um, Add a couple more ingredients, maybe, and and see where it goes. But it's it's not like um, the the apocalypse for Michigan right now because O'Corn is at quarterback. And I keep going back to that Purdue game where he played really well and he finished drives. He did those things that we were looking for Spate to do, but he couldn't. So we've seen it. I believe it's there, and hopefully it'll come back out at some point. I hope that the Brandon Peters uh, conversation could kind of be put to rest, especially this week. He's had a very limited amount of snaps, just a few. Uh, None of them, obviously, in a big, meaningful game. I don't think we would ever see him in this situation. Now, if John O'Korn suffers, uh, his play suffers again, maybe somewhat of a conversation starts when you're looking at a team like Rutgers on the schedule after Penn State. But I'm right with you on on everything. I think that his experience that he brings, even though it's not much as a starter, uh, and you have to go way back for his time at Houston, which, keep in mind, he was very inconsistent at Houston, and that's part of the reason that he lost the starting job. So inconsistencies in John O'Korn, uh, together are not 
too much of a surprise for anyone who's actually paid attention to to the starting experience that he's had. But you're right, anything that the offense can do to take pressure off him will allow him to not have to do as much. And I think it will also uh, allow him to kind of focus in on the key plays. I've got to make this pass on this drive. Uh, we can reset and, and, and have Karan Higdon run the ball or whoever it may be who, who wants to shine out uh, at Penn State. But John O'Corn just has to make a few more plays than he has in, in previous weeks to give Michigan a good chance, especially if their defense is going to play uh, at a high level like it has been. Now Penn State's a different offense. It's going to be a unique challenge for the defense uh, to face a duel like uh, Trace McSorley and, and Saquon Barkley, uh, and that's a whole different conversation that I'm sure we'll touch on eventually. But for John O'Corn, it's just don't make mistakes. Uh, make some better decisions and, and execute on some key plays. And I think you'll see a lot of the fan base happier. And I think you'll see his confidence grow as the game goes on. Okay, so we'll, we'll dive into Penn State thoroughly in a, in a separate episode. But just generally, do you think that uh, you know Saturday night game, a whiteout at Penn State, one of the toughest places to play in the country, is this even a realistic week for him to kind of burst out of his shell and show us a little something-something? I don't know if it's necessarily burst out of his shell and and play up to a level where he's kind of turning heads like, oh, this guy is this guy is good. I'm thinking of the someone that might tune into a Michigan-Penn State game that's not a fan of either team and doesn't know much about John O'Corn. I don't think it will be a performance where it's like, wow, Michigan's got a solid backup quarterback. However, I think it will be somewhat of a Purdue feeling where you don't feel the energy and you don't see the success of Wilton Spate. Unfortunately, he goes down with an injury, but John O'Corn comes in and shows something that we hadn't seen at that point this year. It's kind of Wilton Spade asked the last two weeks, but this is a big opportunity uh, in front of a lot of fans, uh, uh, one of the biggest environments in college football, for John O'Corn to play mistake-free and, again, make those key plays. And I think that that will kind of be bursting out uh, onto the scene enough for Michigan to keep it close. And with that, we'll give it a close. This has been the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. You can check us out on iTunes at Wolverine Sounds, and you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at Wolverine Sounds. So I've been Tyler Fenwick. The other guy was Derek Devine. Thank you very much for listening, and go blue. Go blue.